This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see you in the house of the Lord today. I pray blessings on you. If you're a guest, we're glad to have you here. You made a good choice by coming to church. I believe you give God the first fruits of your week and watch what God will do the rest of the time. So bless all of you. If you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up real high. Once you get a Bible, go with me, the book of Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. I'd said this week we're going to go on the Holy Spirit, maybe one more week. Well, this week and probably next week, and we'll see after that. God's going to keep moving. So as you're turning there to Acts 11, I'm going to set the stage what's going here before we we jumped into the scriptures. Again, if you need your hand, uh, if you need a Bible, get your hand up. Our ushers would gladly get you a Bible. In Acts 10... There was an Italian Gentile named Cornelius. And Cornelius had a desire to to know God. He he needed information on how you give your heart to Jesus and you get born again. So the, the word of God specifically says that an angel appeared to him and said, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. Now I highlight that because your prayers, God still hears them, And God pays attention to your giving. God sees it. So what ultimately happens is the Lord deals with Peter and Peter goes to these Gentiles and they get born again and they give their heart to Jesus, but they also got filled with the Holy Spirit. So we go to Acts 11 and now what's taking place is Peter is beginning to tell us exactly what happened here. So this is where we're at. Acts 11 verse 12. Then the Spirit told me to go with them. Then the Spirit, the Amplified says, then the Holy Spirit told me to go with them. So did the Holy Spirit come on a megaphone and said, hey, Pete, lighten up and go with them? No, the Holy Spirit moves to the still small voice. He speaks in our heart. And so he says to to Peter, he said, Go with them, doubting nothing. The word doubt is you're divided into your decision making. They doubted nothing. Moreover, these six brethren, these these six Gentiles accompanied me, and we entered the man's house, meaning the man named Cornelius. Verse 13. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in the house who said to him, Send men to Yapa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. Now, again, this is Peter telling what happened. And so Peter is sent to these Gentiles to teach them about how you get born again, how you get saved. Verse 15. And as I begin to speak, The Holy Spirit fell upon them. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, oftentimes within churches, we talk about the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Trinity in theory, but do we really, really, really believe what the Lord Jesus and what the Scriptures say about the Holy Spirit? And that's the goal here today is that you, you become so saturated with the things of the Holy Spirit that you're going to get to a place where you say, 
I really, really, really need the Holy Spirit. Keep reading. And as I begin to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them or was poured out upon them as upon us at the beginning. Now, that statement there at the end of verse 15, as upon us at the beginning, Peter was talking about the Holy Spirit fell on them in Acts 2, verses 1 through 4 in the day of Pentecost. We're going to go back to that in a minute. I just want to highlight these things to us. Verse 16. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized or immersed with water, but you shall be baptized or immersed with the Holy Spirit. He spoke what was spoken in the book of Matthew, chapter 3 and verse 11. Verse 17. If there... If therefore God gave them the same gift, the same gift. Now, throughout the book of Acts, you'll hear this phrase here, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so he gave them the same gift as he gave us. Literally stated here, the gift of the Holy Spirit. When we believed or after we believed on the Lord Jesus, who was, the, who was I that I could withstand God. Now, what you begin to see right there is the order it took place. You got to get born again. You got to give your heart to Jesus before you can, can receive the Holy Spirit. But he said, who am I that I could withstand God, to forbid God, to hinder God? What God wanted to do. Verse 18. And when they heard these things, they became silent. And they've glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Now this was Peter's story of this. The gift of repentance to life, even for the Gentiles. Now turn with me back to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And we're going to highlight what took place on this day called Pentecost a little bit and give you some little biblical insight. I really believe this is going to help you. This is why I stayed with this. It just seemed like every time I get over in prayer, the Lord would say, man, there's some areas that you really need to make clear and you bring, bring some knowledge to people. Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Remember, Pentecost meant 50. That's all that meant. Uh, to help you understand that a little bit more, in Acts 1, it said the Lord Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, he walked on this, day, on this earth 40 days. Then he said to them in Acts 1, 4, he said, wait for the promise of the Father. They waited until 10 days after Jesus ascended into heaven. So the 40 plus 10 was the 50. He goes on to say, and had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now, when you look at that, it wasn't as a wind, but it was like a wind. Let me help you think about this in this sense. I've never seen the wind, but I've seen the effects of the wind. This is what he's talking about. Just because they couldn't see the Holy Spirit with their physical eyes, this was real. Step further. How many of you have ever seen Jesus personally? Has anybody in here ever seen Jesus personally? I haven't. I've never seen Jesus personally with my physical eyes. 
but I still believe in him. Why do I believe in him? Because, man, I read the scriptures and something begins to come alive. This is the same with the Holy Spirit, okay? This is what this is talking about. And he goes on to say at the end of verse 2, And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. The house was the temple. Better stated here, this was the upper room of the temple. Verse 3, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And, And when you read that, this was a pillar of fire. If we went back to the book of Exodus, when the Israelites were leaving Egypt, they were led out by a pillar of fire. What did that pillar of fire do? It led them and it guided them. Keep reading. And one set upon each of them. So when it says one, he's talking about the pillar of fire set on each one of them individually or personally. And so each one of them got a pillar of fire. What for? So individually, they would have the power, the help of the Holy Spirit that would lead them and guide them. John 16, he'll lead you and guide you into the truth, and he'll show you things to come. So now we're seeing the outpouring of the Spirit of God was what he was talking about. Verse 4, and they were all, all 120 of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, as the Spirit was poured out upon them. Now no one could doubt here that God had done something. Something supernatural had taken place within every one of them because if we keep reading, you find out that they were speaking in the languages of all these people that came to Jerusalem, even though that they were Galileans. They had never been taught those languages. And so as we go on in Scripture, one guy says, they're drunk. They're drunk on new wine. Now this may help you. I've been intoxicated with alcohol before, not that I'm proudful of that. But the days of my life where I was dominated by alcohol, never one time did I look at all my buddies and say, hey, let's go get drunk tonight and then pray in other tongues. (laughs) Again, I, I always get tickled when people make comments that, well, you know those praying in the tongues, that's of the devil. Really? Really? So we see right here something begin to happen. A manifestation that came from heaven. So where we go now is the same chapter. Look with me in verse 14. Because this talks about the apostles and specifically Peter again. Acts 2 verse 14. But Peter... Standing up with the eleven, he raised his voice and he said to them. So evidently, the eleven original disciples, they're seated, and Peter stands up. And he begins to speak to them. Now, when he begins to speak to them, I really wondered if the other uh, apostles didn't hold their breath and say, Oh no, what's he getting ready to say or do? Why do I highlight that? Because when you look at Peter, Peter was a fisherman. Later on in Acts, it says he was uneducated and untrained. Many many times in our life, we, we have this thought. 
God couldn't use me because I'm just a fisherman. I'm, I'm just a, a housewife. I'm just this or just this. Listen, God's into taking messes and making miracles, okay? I, I can't allow my, my education or my lack to think God can't use me. God will use you. And even in, in this sense, sometimes we have the thought that because of all the bad we've done in our life, God could never use us. Well, I, I look at two of the great models of the New Testament, Peter and Paul, and God used them. God will use you. And, and so here's this man named Peter who had who'd walked the earth with Jesus for three years. And in those three years, oftentimes he had made huge mistakes. He had rebuked Jesus and he had done things he shouldn't. But all of a sudden, here's this guy who's now filled with the Holy Spirit. And he raises his voice and he said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. All of a sudden, Peter's now speaking with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Remember Acts 4, verse 29? Grace your servants that we may speak your word with all boldness. And this is what Peter's doing. Verse 15. For these are not drunk as you suppose. Now what does that mean? They're drunk, but they're not drunk as you suppose. They're drunk but they're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And when you're influenced by the Holy Spirit, you come under the control of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he's talking about, yeah? And so part of being filled with the Holy Spirit is turning the control over to him and say, work within me. And that's a problem a lot of times is because human beings... We don't want anybody to be in control but ourselves. But when I'm in control, I've seen what a mess I can make. So he says, they're not drunk as you suppose. Since it is only the third hour of the day, or better stated, it's only nine in the morning, time for the first morning of Jewish prayer. Verse 18, or 16. But this was what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So what this guy named Peter does, he speaks to them what the prophet Joel said. This is Joel chapter 2 starting in verse 28. Peter now under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he quotes to them. Verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Can I highlight the last days? The last days started on the day of Pentecost and it will go until the second coming of Jesus. So we live in that time frame. Do you know we're one day closer today than Jesus is coming back than we were yesterday? Whoa, that's deep, Pastor. That's deep. Keep reading. Says God. Says God. This prophecy was given to this prophet named Joel thousands of years ago, says God. Keep reading. Says God that I will pour out my spirit 
on all flesh. Now let me help you with all flesh. That's male, female, that's Jew and Gentile. So I believe everybody that's in this sanctuary right now, it covered you. It defined you. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on those who seek me. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. God said. God said your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I, says God, will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy, says God. Now, if we go back and look what Peter talked about here, what the prophet Joel said, he said, They'll dream dreams, and they'll see visions. The young men will see visions. Now, you can do what you want, but I'm still seeing visions, okay? Some of you don't get that. I'm young. I'm young. They'll dream dreams. They'll see visions, and they'll prophesy, says God. Now, this was what the prophetic utterance came from Joel thousands of years ago. So it's very interesting to me that here when the apostle Peter begins to proclaim what took place, he says what the prophet Joel said, but none of those things that he prophesied that Joel said took place on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, it was, it was shown there was fire, there was wind, and they were praying in other tongues. But the things that took place on the day of Pentecost weren't in the prophecy of Joel. So I believe right here when the apostle Peter says this, that literally, you know what he's doing here? He's emphasizing how the Holy Spirit chose to move indiscriminately among different people. Why are you highlighting that? Well, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit for a number of years now. And when we talk about praying in tongues, it's a gift from God. It's something that God does within every one of us. But if I'm not careful, I have this thought, because I pray in other tongues, I'm more valuable to God than you are. And what ends up happening is sometimes we have an arrogance and we have a pride that says, because I pray, look at me. But see, that was never God's intention. But I think that's why the devil uses us so hard to try to, to twist people. So what I begin to do, I begin to go back and I study great men and women of, of the uh, Holy Spirit movement. A guy named D.L. Moody. A guy named Charles Finney. Finney a woman named Catherine Kuhlman. Uh, you can see uh, other ones like R.A. Torrey. And what I find out, every one of them moved in areas of the Holy Spirit, but it was not the same manifestation in each one of them. So when I go back and I look at this, it says the Holy Spirit wills. It's a gift. It wasn't meant for me to become arrogant or better than anybody. And so this becomes an issue, and it's incredible how the Apostle Peter says, let me tie some things up here for you. But look at the number one goal, the end of verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Woo, we got to get people born again. Same chapter. Verse 36. Now this is the apostle Peter talking. And I, I can't find out specifically how many thousands, plural, of people there were that day. But we know through the scripture that after he gets done doing this, 3,000 of them got born again that day. There were thousands there. And here this guy named Peter, he, he begins to speak under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And he says in verse 36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made. That God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, can you imagine what that did when he said that? Because just 50 days before, these are the same ones that were involved in his crucifixion. And he highlights and says, God has made. Verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to heart. They were pricked within their heart. They were stung within their heart. They were pierced within their heart. Remember what uh, John 16, 8 says? The Holy Spirit was sent to convict of sin. I believe when he spoke these words, the Holy Spirit began to work. And you know how the Holy Spirit works? He targets our hearts. I thank God he targets my heart. And so he convicts their heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles... Men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? Question mark. What shall we do? Now, pay real close attention to what Peter tells them. Then Peter said to them, repent. Repent. Many times when we look at the word repent, we think that's just confession of the sin. That is correct. That's part of it. But the word repent literally means a change in my mind and a change in my behaviors. So when you see the word repent, it means to do a 360. There ought to be some change in you when you repent. I'm going to get after you just here a second. Oftentimes when people repent, they repent, number one, not because they're sorrowful for what they did, because they got caught. Or number two, they repent because they want to treat God like the big holy slot machine in the sky. And just maybe today he's going to pay off if I repent. You don't want to mess with God that way, okay? So he said, repent. Repent. I believe repentance is the greatest vitamin for every one of us on a daily basis. I, I, I don't repent because I'm a bad person. I repent because it keeps me in line with God. It keeps me in relationship. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, I am the righteousness of God through Christ. And so when I repent, it keeps me in right standing with God through Christ. And come to a place where you repent. Man, Lord, I, I blew it again today. 1 John 1.9 says that when I confess my sin, he's faithful not only to forgive me, but to cleanse me. So we said, the first thing is, what shall we do? Pete said, you got to repent. But look at the very next word. It says, and, and. 
He's not finished. And let every one of you, every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So what he's talking about here, that i got to come to a place where it's a public acknowledgement of who Jesus is to me. Something on the inside is revealed on the outside. Man, I love you, Jesus. I'm not ashamed of you, Jesus. Repent and, and get born again. Water baptized. But there's one more and. And look at this one. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But see, oftentimes, we leave that one out. Oftentimes, we don't even preach and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so many times in our life, we have this thought. Well, I I can conquer life. I can do everything I need to without the Holy Spirit. That's not true. You need a helper and I need a helper. And that's what the Lord Jesus said. And receive the Holy Spirit. I've said this many times. Maybe, maybe this year, the things of God will stick in that person. Maybe the things of God will stick on this person. Maybe this year, this Sunday, they'll get born again and the things of God will stick. Maybe when the men go to the men of iron in 2020, it'll stick this year. A spiritual Velcro. But you know what the spiritual Velcro is? It's the Holy Spirit. The only way it's going to stick is through the Holy Spirit. When we don't preach the Holy Spirit, we set people up to fail. We expect people to change and make a 180 and turn on their own abilities, and it's not going to happen. And we got to quit kidding ourselves. Oh, yeah, it will. Now, look what he says in verse 39. For the promise, for the promise, Acts 1 4, the Lord Jesus says, Wait in Jerusalem until you've received the promise of the Father. And so he says right here, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And what that's talking about is to every one of us, but the people that are far off, that was even the Gentile. That was Cornelius' family. This is a promise. The promise is for you. Promises for your kids. So how do you get born again? You receive Jesus as Lord of your life. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? Oh, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. I receive you today. Now, why is the Holy Spirit so significant? Go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans, chapter 8. And I believe this chapter right here is, is going to set some of us free today. When you begin to see the significance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, they're dominated or controlled by the flesh or their unholy desires... They set their minds on the things of the flesh. 
So in other words, what I set my mind on, that's what I'm going to gravitate on. So when I set my mind on the things of the flesh, that's about me. And literally, I'm selfish. But those who live or are controlled according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Pretty interesting statement. So what the Holy Spirit does, he works in me to, to bring the appetites of the spiritual realm. And those appetites, he births within me a holiness that's revealed into my words, my actions, my thoughts. And so literally when he talks about here, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins unto work in me and do the things that I can't do myself. Verse 6. For to be carnally or fleshly minded is death or a death-like existence, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So on this end of the buffet is flesh and death. And this end of the buffet is the Holy Spirit and life and peace. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out which one I'd kind of like to live for, okay? Keep reading. Because the carnal mind or my fleshly mind is enmity or hostility against God for it is not subject to the law of God. It is not subject to the word of God nor indeed can it be. So if I'm looking to my flesh to think, you know what, I'm going to get into the word. I'm going to be a doer of the word. I'm going to live by the word of God. It said, you cannot be. You cannot be. Verse 8, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. What do we do with that? Well, I don't need the Holy Spirit. Really? So your name is Holy Spirit Junior without him. Keep reading. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, he is not of Christ. Verse 11. But, look at this, if, if, if. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that is the same Holy Spirit, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, when I read these, there's only two categories. It's either the flesh or the spirit. And I'm going to be dominated by the one or the other. Well, I'm born again. I didn't say you weren't. But according to these passages here, I'm going to be dominated by my flesh. Verse 12, therefore, brethren, fellow believers, we are not debted or we are not obligated or ruled not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Now get this. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. If by the Spirit... You put the deeds to the body dead. Okay, so guess what the Holy Spirit does? He begins to work in me. He begins to empower me. He helps me to walk it out. He begins to change me from the inside out. 
Now, you, don't have to, you don't have to raise your hands here. How many have ever had the, the, the problem of you, you speak before you think? Every one of us. How many have ever had a problem with lying? Man, Pastor, I hate to lie, but I just find myself doing it. Do you know the Apostle Paul said in, in, in Galatians, he said, the thing I want to do, that's not what I do, and the things I don't want to do, that's what I do. I've been there. How many have ever had a problem with, 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 with being a, a habitual liar, a, a, a habitual thief? How many of you ever, see, again, we say over and over, I don't want to do those things, and so we keep trying to do it out of our own powers and ability, and I can't do them. But when I ask the Holy Spirit to come into me and begins to work, something happens. Something happens. So again, I begin to look at all this and I think, so have we as ministers, have we cheated people? Have we misled people to sit here and think we're to repent, get baptized, and then we just live happily ever after? I got to have the Holy Spirit. The addictions of my life pertaining to my flesh, the Holy Spirit began to work in me. And you know one of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, Galatians 5, 22, 23, one of them is self-control. He, he began to birth in me a self-control. That it came to this, that by, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I could tell my flesh, no. You know why? There's a new sheriff in town named the Holy Spirit. So many times when you struggle in life, it's because. I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I welcome you. So I'm in here this week. And I'll kind of give you a little glimpse of kind of how the Lord, he gives me these thoughts, how he works in me. And so I, I, I'm in here praying and all over this this area of the altar up here, ever, all over was these little pug tables, these little white pug tables. And on every one of them, there was something from the kingdom of God, whether it was love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, goodness, kindness, gentleness, meekness, whether it was power, whether it was help, whatever, they were all over it. I mean, everywhere I looked, they were over it. And then the Lord took me to Costco. And some of you are saying, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And the reason he did that is this. If you ever go there on weekends, about every aisle, there's samples. Well, when it comes to a sample, you don't pay for it. You don't earn it. You just go up and take it and say, thank you. Whether it's lemonade, whether it's coffee, whether it's beef jerky, whether it's the three different kinds of Fig Newtons. And you say, you sound like an egg. I am. Me and my grandson, we're experts. But what the Lord began to show me is all the things he's provided right here. And he says, come on, come on. Come, come to the table. I've already provided it. Jesus has already died for every bit of it. And so we live without taking of what he's already given us. And so I'm going to invite you to come. Come to the pug table. It's called Jesus today and just receive. So I go back and I think, what shall we do? 
Do I dare repent? Oh, I love to repent. If you're around me very much, you'll hear me repent throughout the day. Man, I repent all the time. Pastor, are you still that bad? I am. I got a flesh. This thing still tries to act up. If you don't think it acts up, just ride with me on occasions. It acts up. It'll act up. It'll get out of. If you don't think he's got a flesh, just ask Shelly. She's lived with me for almost 40 years. Your old pastor, I am. Repent. And Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Grace me. Do you need to repent today? Do you need to get born again today? You need to give your heart to Jesus. Maybe you need to rededicate today. So you know what the Lord Jesus says? Come, come just as you are. Come on. You don't bother me, but come as you are. Or how about this? Maybe you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit today. Maybe you need to get out from under the influence of your flesh and say, ooh, I welcome the Holy Spirit today. Why don't you stand on your feet? Man, Pastor, you preach so good today. We're going to get you a raise. (laughs) The goodness of God. It's the goodness of God today. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head right there where you're at. And let the Holy Spirit go to work with you. Let me just share this too as you bow your head. You may say, I've never had Jesus' thoughts like you're talking about. Ooh, you get to a place where you come into his presence. You welcome the Holy Spirit. Who knows how he'll visit you. It may be through dreams and visions. But I ask you again today, and this is the question you've got to answer to yourself, what shall we do? And so if you're here today and you say, man, Pastor, I'm I'm dominated by my sin. I'm dominated by my flesh. That's me. I'm going to welcome you right now just to get out of your seat and come on to the altar again we're not trying to win a popularity contest here just trying to submit to God and say Father God I want to change my heart if that's you today and you say man I, I'm going to come to the altar bless you I appreciate your boldness I may come down by you, Lisa. Just your boldness again. I want to get right with God. I want to right with God. Bless you, darling. I can call these young girls darling because I'm old. My heart's pure. Wow. It's not me. You're not responding to me. You're responding to God. You're saying, you know what? Lord, I'm, I'm not going home today until I get my heart right. I'm not leaving today. I'm, I'm going to repent. Not only am I going to repent, I'm, I'm going to receive a washing. and a, I'm, I'm getting rid of this stuff today through the power of the name of Jesus, through the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes people would say, Pastor, you act like in these altar type calls. Sometimes you drag your feet. I do. You know why? 
the Holy Spirit will say, man, don't, don't go anywhere until they respond. That's how much God loves you. Well, God's not mad at you. Listen, I said this in the first service. God doesn't sit in heaven with a Texas-sized fly swatter and says, I'm going to swat them. God doesn't look like you are on the tee of his golf ball. And he looks and says, Ooh, there's old Tommy's head. God doesn't do that. You know what God said? That's my boy. That's my girl. Who's come to repent? So remember, he said, here's what you got to do. You got to repent. You got to repent. So Father God, just man, right here where you're at, let's just be transparent before God. Here's the deal. I can't repent for you, and you can't repent for me, and your mama can't repent for you either. You're big boy. Big, you repent. So, Father God, we stand before you today. Lord, anything within us that we've done to dishonor you, anything that we've said, we've meditated on, anything not only with our words and our thoughts, but our, our eyes, our hearts, the lust of my eyes, the lust of my flesh, the pride of life. If there's any form of arrogance within me, Father God, Lord, we repent right now. I repent, Father God, I repent. And I ask you, Father God, the God who said, I'll forgive you. I ask you not only forgive me, but I cleanse you. And here's what you got to do right now. You just let God wrap you in his arms and say, Woo, I receive your forgiveness, Lord. I receive your cleansing today. I'm telling you, that's liberty right there. That's freedom. Who oh, God forgives you. I'm going to help some of you right now. If God forgives, you've got to forgive yourself. Just let it go. Let it go. Who are you to take the place of God? Let it go. The pastor. No, 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 God. I let it go. I let it go. Now we go to step two, what the apostle Peter said. And you got to give your heart to Jesus. Get born again. Get, get, give your heart to become what they call saved. And if that's you today, and if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord or Savior, or maybe you come here and you, you've left the camp of the kingdom of God, and you said, I'm coming back as a prodigal. I'm coming home today. And I welcome you to come. I welcome you to come. For God so loved the world. And I highlight this again. Our God is a God who takes messes and makes miracles. Our God will work in you. I'm just going to ask right now that everybody just bow your head. And if you feel comfortable, raise your hands to heaven. And I welcome you to say this with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father. I thank you for your son, the Lord and Savior, Jesus. And Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I accept and I acknowledge your blood and your broken body. And in Jesus' name, I receive salvation only through you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Yeah.
been born again. I've been born again. Oh, I've been born again. Let that, I've been born again. You know what that means? I, I am eternally destined, destined to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. Wow. Praise the Lord. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not, I'm not going to shortchange today. I'm not going to cut it short today. This, this is the need for so many of us where you're saying, bing, and come alive. That's it. That's it. I've tried to do this out of my own abilities. My own. Ooh, I need the Holy Spirit today. Luke 11. The Lord Jesus said, if you being, if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give those who ask? what we're going to do if you desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit you know I, I, I welcome you just to come down here because the reason I'm going to have you come down here is I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come down here we just want to pray with you we're going to lay hands on you and stir up that gift so if you desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit what's going to happen pastor you're going to get blessed you're going to get blessed okay and so what happens each day and I ask the Holy Spirit, fill me again today. Fill me again today. Fill me again today. Throughout the day, fill me with the Holy Spirit. You know why? As human beings, we leak. We got a drippy faucet. How about this in the natural? How many of you fill your gas tank up once a year and you're good for the entire year? That's a great thought. Doesn't happen that way. That thing runs out of fuel, so you got to fill it back. That's the same with the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes, man, he, he doesn't put that cheap grade in you. He gives you the full blessed of it, okay? I'm going to have them sing, so here's what we're going to do. We're just going to ask, and our prayer team is going to start praying for you. If you desire the Holy Spirit, he's going to move here, okay? Go ahead and pray. All right, sing, guys. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.